Thank you because whenever we ask God, He always is answering. And whenever we ask for more of your presence, God, you do answer that. And it's all because of your crazy love, your unconditional love. Man, you guys really have me. Mm-hmm. Let's sing about it.
the Lord, I'm going to be using a love that you can sing about 100% confident, 100% confident that it is always there and that it will never let go. Like we were taught yesterday, be strong and courageous because God's love is there to catch you when you fall. Be strong and courageous because God's love never fails to us.
ojos de amor Dios te ve con ojos de papá que está orgulloso de ti and if you need you need to, to reaffirm yourself you need to remind yourself that God sees you with eyes of love
Thank you for our listeners. Praise the Lord.
Wasn't that amazing? Let's give him a hand again. Well, we hope everybody had a great morning and afternoon in the uh, soul care appointments and breakout sessions. And uh, we want to just recognize that the fact the fact that it takes like over 100 volunteers of per people that come here and instead of being uh, served, they come to serve. And we're so thankful for that. And it takes over 100 volunteers. So if you served as a wise, wise sage or coaching or manual prayer or spiritual direction or prophetic prayer or you helped host uh, or you were on the Soul Care sign-up team, if you could just stand up so we could recognize you and thank you and show our gratitude. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Thank you. Buenos nachos, which is hat up there. Bueno, you guys didn't get it. <laughs> Buenos nachos, which is eight up there. No, I meant to say buenas noches. Miguel, Good evening. Miguel, Sorry. Try, try it one more time. No, no. <laughs> I, I, we want to thank Maria. Maria, please stand up. Thank you so much, Maria. Brenda, I'm just going to be honest in front of everybody here. When you said that you had someone that it was they, to translate for us, I'm like, oh, God. Because I say, is she good? And Brenda's like, yeah, she's really good. I'm like, inside of my head, I'm like, how do you know you don't speak Spanish? And then I met her. She was introduced to me, and um, and then I started speaking Spanish to her. And she said, "I was for," and I'm like, "Where were you?" She said, "I was in Monterrey." And when she said Monterrey, I'm like, "Oh yeah, that's good." <laughs> Not too many people can say Monterrey. Try it, Monterrey. Some <laughs> uh, Monterrey. <laughs> so I'm like, "Yeah, she does speak Spanish, but she's really good." So. Um, if you need her for something like that, you should invite her. It's like $500 per hour. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, that, that was really good. Thank you so much, Maria. Uh, Hispanos, was she, is she good? Lo hace bien? Gracias, Maria. Also, Multiply Vineyard, we started out last night with 32 spots at the Airbnb. So we went from 32 to 20. So if you want to go to Miami, uh, you need to secure your spot, sign up right now. Like 12, we want 20 people right now to stand up. Okay, we got one, two, three. Okay, there we go. All the spots are filled. Michael saw you. He will come after you. He will shake you down, and you will plant a church. Um, okay, so 
Make sure in the morning, everybody listen to me, okay? All eyes on me. That was not a Tupac. That's not Tupac. Just never mind. Um, <laughs> make sure you check out immediately after breakfast tomorrow morning uh, before you come to this session so you can. Uh, hopefully, you have a car or somewhere to put your luggage. Uh, if not, you can uh, bring it inside here until the session's over, but we want to make sure that we're respectful. We check out on time for the next group that's coming in. Also, don't forget your spouse. <laughs> you, need to, uh, you need to pull yourself together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we check out this video about um, missions? When we go to another country, it's not about a strategy for planting churches. It really starts with making friends. We went from just being a place where we could go and help people with rice and beans to dreaming about churches that we could have there. It's one church working with other churches where together we can pool our gifts, talents, and passions to, to see this dream of seeing a church planting movement birth in another culture. It's really given our church a lot of sense of perspective on the world. We're in a small town that's connected. We've got tentacles that go all over the world. I just was willing because the Lord was saying to go, and that's it. A healthy, growing body of Christ can actually transform a country. We have these core values in the vineyard about how we sort of like to think about missions. And one of those is what we call local church-based mission. And I can tell you that most people don't understand what that is. We in the vineyard are committed to local church-based missions. And by that we mean that responsibility, vision, initiative resides with local churches. We're really trying to find out where God's calling us as a church and then join with other churches that feel called to the same area. Most local churches are not that large, don't have that many resources, and they need to do this with other people. We can do so much more together than any of us could do separately. You know, I think one of the most exciting things that we get to do is not simply to plant churches, but we get to plant churches that plant churches. And so the goal is to plant churches that plant churches, that multiply, so that we have enough critical mass that that sustains itself as a movement of vineyard churches in that nation. Raising up indigenous leaders is, is a really important value. We do not want to develop uh, a dependency on people from the outside. We come and we support and encourage them and that they're going to continue to disciple those kids, that we're not just going to go home and it's going to be over. Facilitating and being a part of them recognizing this is about us. This is our moment, our time. Contextualization is really important for us. We don't want churches around the world to look just like vineyard churches in the U.S., but we want them to have the same values, though expressed differently. We do not want a Western-looking church in an Asian city. We want a church that the people in that city relate to. God is up to something really big. Our role is to come as servants to help just put the teeth on what God is doing in that country. 
I can't imagine how we would do Christianity if we didn't have some way to do it globally and do it connect with people in other places. We really do learn new parts about God that our culture is not that great at reflecting. It's beyond the parking lot, it's beyond our state borders, our city, all of that, and people get excited about it. And it's changed how we do life together. Is it on? Is it a good video? We wish we could have seen it. I think it was a great video. Um, yeah, I was t just telling him, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. When is going to end? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we have some leaders leading this partnership. So we want to ask you to please stand up. We, wanna, uh, we, we want to acknowledge you. We want to know who you are. Please stand up. Thank you, guys. Would you One, please? Two, would you please, uh, from this, uh, from there to here, uh, just scream loud. Uh, which partnership are you leading? Hey, that's beautiful. Over there. Beautiful. Back there. Very good. I thought I saw people somewhere over here. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. That's 11. Yes. 11. Yeah. And um, anybody else uh, participating in any uh, missions? Very good. Me too. I'm just doing it in Burnsville. We have 12 different nations. <laughs> you know, God brought the nations to Burnsville, and we're doing that. Um, yeah, we want to thank you. Thank you for your support and uh, for being missional. We have an opportunity uh, for our pastors in our region that uh, we want to tell you about. This is something new. In May, we're going to have an opportunity and you need to listen to this. It's for 10 pastors or couples. So 10 pastors or couples that sign up. And it's called the Pastors Wellness Retreat. So um, one of the things that we do as a team is we care about our churches and our pastors. And we pray for you often. And we want to have other opportunities for you, for soul care, uh, for spiritual formation. And we want to encourage you to participate uh, always at what God's doing in and through your life. And the Pastoral Wellness Retreat is an opportunity to spend a few days doing that. So this retreat is led by Chris Miller and his team. I think most of you are familiar with him. And it's designed to advance whole health and longevity of leaders, focusing on physical, emotional, relational, vocational, financial, and and spiritual, spiritual well-being. So all of those things. And it also includes three months of follow-up professional assistance and coaching. So it'll be at uh, Mount Olivet Conference Center and Retreat Center in the suburbs of Minneapolis. 
And here's something you want to hear is that Vineyard USA and Vineyard Midwest uh, North Region is covering much of the costs um, for the participants. So it'll be a minimal cost at you. And so you can go to our regional website, that's uh, Vineyard Midwest North, and register. And it's first come, first serve. So ready, set, go. Ten of you. So, all right, next we're going to have Phil come up. Everybody give him a hand. Hasn't been great to have he, he and Jan with us. So thank you, Phil. You want to come up? I'll, I'll, we, I'm going to do that. We can bring that up here. No, can I do down here? Is this all right? Do you want us to stay up here? Or? We're not going <laughs> to. Okay. I didn't say that. If you really want to, you can. Um, yeah, I'd like to, if I can do this. Uh, what an amazing 10 days that we've been here, right? <laughs> How is it that we've been here like 35, 40 hours and it's like we've done like 12 years of school together. <laughs> These things amaze me. They, they really do. And the, uh, uh, the hospitality that everybody has put into this and the thought. If you notice, the, the soul care stuff has really become uh, normative <laughs> in the vineyard. We are... It's not as though now, a, what's that soul, what, why, what, what, spiritual, what's that, oasis, direction, what's that spiritual, it's just, it's part of the language, but over the last, it's been a, it's been actually about a 15 year conversation, and it's going to, this, this room will last because of it. This room has already gotten younger. Uh, this year as we did this marathon of regional conferences, and I don't have any data, but I mean I've been doing these long enough in the vineyard that the vineyard has gotten younger over these last several years. And we will, we're starting to see I think the numbers of the average age of pastors, obviously teens and staff pastors, we're just we're getting younger as we go. And that's not to say anything about aging. Aging is good. Um, we're trying to do it gracefully, but uh, we also know that we have been in a transition as a movement from first to second generation uh, where it, I mean, we're fully in the middle of that and, and over the next even just the next few years it will be it'll really be the fulfillment of it I, I've got four more years that um, if I live uh, to, to do this and it's sort of my hunch that by the time I'm done the the leadership and um, the core of this will have shifted by probably 30 years, if not just even more, uh, which, which helps us in longevity. And, uh, you know, and today, because many of us thought we would never grow old. So just in case you're, you know, just really feeling very relevant, like, you know, you're, you're so today and you're so cool, 
and you you understand everything there's all the nuances of culture I, I congratulate you on that enjoy your time because it won't be that long and you will be so yesterday <laughs> it just happens and it, let's just let it happen gracefully let's look at those with gray hair and white hair and used to be hair <laughs> just appreciate them and if you're if you're graying and whiting and losing hair you know, relax who cares um, you know you've been a you've had a good good run at being senior leaders and a lot of us will no longer be senior leaders we're going to be I'm an assistant pastor now I'm on the staff at Pathway Vineyard a, a church that I was the well, you know, I'm, I'm not real fond of like the senior leadership language. I feel we're all junior pastors, but I was the lead pastor of that church for a decade, and now I am I'm, I'm like on the I'm the lowest ranking assistant pastor on the staff. I'm the sixth assistant pastor, and my job is to do uh, discipleship and spiritual formation. Now they don't get much of me because I'm never home, so. Uh, I'm the ideal church member. I tithe, and I'm never there. <laughs> you like that, Gina? Can I be a part of your church? <laughs> yeah, Rob, Rob says he'd take me. So, so we're, 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 we're in this, and we're learning how to do this gracefully and, and appreciate one another. Uh, part of the diversity in the generational reality I love it that we never bought into the generational niche. I think that would have been death to the vineyard had we become uh, a... Can you imagine if we truly were, as we were tagged at the beginning, a baby boomer movement? Do you realize the movement would be dying quite... You know, we'd be gone in a few years. And I'm really glad we didn't become a Gen X church. Because Gen X is not as cool as Gen X was when Gen X was cool. And why we're not... Be <laughs> that hurt... Chris, just, nothing personal, buddy. Nothing personal. Let it go. Just let it go. Get, get an appointment. Right? Uh, you know, and that's why we're not, we're not going to be a millennial church, because um, we couldn't afford anything. Uh, I mean, you know, there's just, just, it takes all of us. It takes every, it's going to take, I mean, you know, we, you, it, 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 this really is a true reality and I think the the mixing of uh, the uh, ethnic reality and diversity the challenge in that is immense um, you know as Gino has has championed and and been working on this with other brothers and sisters I mean you know as I was telling uh, our Latino friends today Lavinia's that when we did the two better togethers, and then we, we had one of the conferences we did in Anaheim that was called uh, Together Leaning Outward, and we had a couple of, uh, of our African-American uh, leaders speak. Um, well, I got, I got some really pretty nasty letters from um, a couple of our uh, Asian brothers who felt, um, you know, why was it all, the, the, the diversity was only like leaning towards african-american and i got a few letters and pr probably from none of the latino leaders here other latino leaders uh like why were why was there no latino speakers at the the conference if it's truly diversity and because and then we've had a couple other settings where we've just pressed in and we've had some of our dear sisters preach 
I got a couple of angry letters from white middle-aged men saying, oh, is that the direction we're going in? So basically what I'm saying is I'm in a no-win situation when it comes to pressing the, 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 the pedal down on this thing of d diversity. But we're just going to keep doing it. And we're going to keep learning. And we're going to stay hard into this. We're going to be uh, uh, doing this as we can. And, and uh, uh, you know, I say often to somebody, um, I would never wish, the job that I do and that Bert has done and Todd did and uh, John, I would never wish this on anybody except my enemies. <laughs> so if I ever tell you I'd like you to be the next national director, <laughs> know that we're not on very good terms. <laughs> uh, but we accept this. And the vineyard is hard. You really want to, you, you've got to want this because we have a hybrid ecclesiology where we, we, we have bought into free church philosophy. In other words, every one of our churches are independent churches, autonomous churches that are not controlled by any headquarters. With, no one is told how and what. We have some general agreements that we've had to press through that we got painted into a corner and define a few things. But for the, for the largest part, the majority of everything we do, you do, and, Mar and you heard it on the missions thing, is local church. The reality of your local church, the vision God has given you, the, the dreams that God has given you. The Vineyard National exists to serve the dreams that God gives to local churches. And then there's a few things where we've agreed, okay, but we're also, and this is where the hybrid ecclesiology comes in, is we're also an association. We've chosen voluntarily. Nobody had to join the vineyard, okay? We chose to do this together, and to do it together, we pool our resources. And, and, and everybody's, it's not, some have to give more than others, but we all give 3%. We do that. We do that together. So we have this thing where we do have a hybrid, where we do a part of our life together. We do our, the life in the city or the town where Jesus has placed you. You were sent there by the Holy Spirit. So we're good with that. We're good with that tension. I've always said if you don't like tension, the vineyard doesn't work for you. Our theological moorings of the kingdom is the already that not yet. The kingdom has come, has come and yet it's still coming. And it creates a dynamic tension. Uh, uh, so, so we are a free church, but we're also an association. Well, what are we? What is our ecclesiology? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's what it is. But we choose that. I like it as a, as, a, as a pastor of a church. I like it that I have the freedom to lead the people and with, the, with the collective discernment of the leadership where I feel that that church is best fit in the context where that church exists. But I'm really glad we get to do this together because I've learned from the brothers and sisters. We've watched each other's back. We've wept when somebody's weeping and we've rejoiced when people are rejoicing. I think it's a, it, a part of the testimony is getting to walk with the vineyard at a pretty close level during Katrina and after the, after the hurricane, the reconstitution of churches was a very hard thing in those precincts there in New Orleans. Many churches that were independent, non-affiliated churches have never been reconstituted after Katrina. They did not have the wherewithal, they didn't have the finances, they didn't have the backing, they didn't have the collective good in mind, so once they faced tragedy, they faced it alone and ceased to exist. Many of the denominational churches or movement churches throughout the city had people to rely on, and we witnessed that just in, even in the vineyard. 
So there is a very, very good case to be made to be a part of something, but that part of be, being a part of something is never a substitute for you to really grind it out in the city where God has placed you and the dream he's placed you in. And that's why our understanding crystal clearly with the, with the, the team in Houston, with myself, with Bubba, uh, Dan Wilt is our communications director, Cheryl Warren, who's here with Vineyard Resources, Christian Weber, who's the executive, my executive assistant, but also the event coordinator of all things Vineyard National. We know our job is to serve you, not you serve us. We know our job. We, th we, we think on a regular basis, how can we serve the dreams of, of, of the pastors and what is, what's the best we can do? So imposition doesn't come down in the most part. Now, in, in, in all fairness, we also know we've had a few things where the National Vineyard, the elders of this movement, have had to say, lay out some boundaries. We've done that. That's not my point tonight. So we, we just, we live in this tension. So uh, I think it's a good tension. I, I like it. I like where we're going. Um, if you want to, you know, I get asked, and I was asked quite a bit at the end of my fifth year as the National Director, well, you know, Phil, where are we going? And you see those letters on, uh, the, on the wall behind me? I, I made it very crystal clear to, to our national leaders, the ones that asked me to do another five years, but that's really all I'm interested in. Because that has all the historical moorings of historical Christianity, and you can continually adjust this and contextualize it. It doesn't get old, and when you've done it, then do it again. I mean, are we gonna would we ever stop evangelizing? Why would we stop evangelizing? That's what we do. We, 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 Jesus says, come be with me so I can send you out. So I say, we're good news people. We're gospel ears. We preach the gospel. We share the gospel. We live the gospel. We model the gospel in the cities where we live. Of all the people that hear you preach the gospel, live the gospel, and the people that, that go to your churches and they work in the factories, they work in the hospital, they work in the, the, in the university, they're all gospel people. And, it, and it, it's very, 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 very good that you and I, that we teach them how to share faith, how to live faith, how to live faith in the community, how to be a good neighbor, how to take up residence, how to leave a big footprint in the community, be a part of the community. As Rob said last night, being the, 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 the coach of the, the high school soccer team, that's, what, what, what is that? You're just, you're just getting your hands dirty in the city where you live. And with all of that, all of that uh, mixing it up and preaching, the, no, if you did all of that and never shared the gospel, well, good, you're a good Kiwanis club. You're a good Rotary club. You're a good... There's, there's thousands of social organizations. But we are social. We are part of the, the, the community that we live in, but we bring a message that is otherworldly, a hope of, a, of, a, of, a, of another way. Are we good with that? Now, some people in your towns will respond to that. And when they respond, what do we do? The second D. What's that? Did you say that with a southern accent? <laughs> disciples. We disciple them. We mentor them. We begin to get, we begin to, our lives become part of their lives. Their lives are with our lives. 
discipleship's not, we know it's not a, a three-week thing. We know it's not Vineyard 101, Vineyard 201, Vineyard 301. Bam, 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 check the boxes. You're assimilated in the church. Hope you make it. Let's go get some more. No. As people come to Christ, we give our lives to them. Last night, I talked, or yesterday, sometime last week, I talked to you uh, about discipleship in three areas. Basically, comes down to, to character, creed, and culture. And I'll hit on those a little bit, not as much as I was planning on, because I want to, I want to, I'm going to bend to the left a little bit here. Um, but discipleship really has to be something we're actually going to do. And it takes, it, the, there is a methodology to discipleship. There's a lot of programs out. You go, I mean, on the web, you want resources? There's, 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 there's a lot of methodology. But in discipleship, I guarantee it's going to cost you time, energy, and money. Time, energy, and money. If I get to it, I'll talk a little bit about that um, if I, as I wrap stuff up. Uh, but I want to do something before. Um, I think it would be a really good time because in our process, in our journey towards diversity, we're going to hit some rough spots. And uh, I, I know that firsthand because I'm sort of, uh, I take the, I'm taking the brunt of some of that. Whether it's going too fast, too slow, too much in one direction, not enough in that direction. But, but I, I, I think that has to be okay. That has to be okay. All right? Um, we have our friends... You have a, a large representation of Lavinia here in this room. We had a wonderful talk today. And most of us sitting over here because of our dear sister who's doing the translating, DNA. So can you, can you imagine you have to translate? I talk kind of fast. I've got a little bit of a Northeast accent. I say words different than most of you in this room. Some of you go to the vineyard. I go to the vineyard. <laughs> and she has to figure out what I'm saying. And she, when I say Brenda, she goes, Brenda? <laughs> Isaiah? She's, she's all confused over there. But we, we have our dear friends from Las Vinas. And um, just feel it's appropriate tonight because we're talking about this thing where we're all going together. You know, and uh, just the sweetness even of the worship. Oh, there they are, Griffin Church. You guys up here great uh, just the sweetness of the worship and Gina last night talking uh, to us a little bit about he gets his fix and we lean a little more in the gospel and you know and and uh, uh, the the did you get you know, the dancing bear uh, but you know we you, you get a little bit of salsa and all of this mixed in. We're just going to have to learn how to do this. Now, what's enjoyable is like, you know, you, you go to the Vineyard Conference in Scandinavia, um, and uh, th this is them in their most excited, out of their minds, excitement, where they're just, just the passion of Jesus is running through our dear Norwegian and Finnish brothers and sisters. I mean, they're at the peak of their fervor. That has to be okay. That just has to be okay. 
and then you 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 know you 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 can go to in the in the release of the chili churches last April, the night of the 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 release of the chili churches was it was chaotic. It was it was like and then there was like fourteen hundred young people, and the stage was kind of high. And the next thing I see, the national director has the new national director in Chile has leaped off the stage and he's body surfing across this wave of young people. And then he's screaming, put me down, put me down, because his pants were coming off. I never saw that in Scandinavia. That all has to be good. See, we're, we can't look that someday it will be a people from every tribe, tongue, and nation. Lord has son fit to bring the world to our doorstep. And it, it is our destiny to embrace all of that. No matter the cost and the misunderstandings and the forgiveness that it's going to cost to get there. But we'll press in. Now, another generation that follows us will, will probably look at it, this and say, what was so hard about that? Why didn't you guys just get it? Well, that's sort of what every generation says about the previous generation. I mean, you know, I, there was a point in my age where I thought, my parents, will they ever learn? <laughs> and now I'm at the point saying, they were brilliant. <laughs> just the, it's a sociological truth today. So, mis hermanos, Latinos. Yo quiero que sepan que no, eh, no es como la primera fe familia y la segunda familia. There's no first family in the vineyard and second family. Y que, y que vamos a seguir tratando esto, cuesta lo que cuesta. Y por las ofensas. Cuando has sentido como segunda familia, perdónanos. If you have felt or when you have felt that you did have to take that place of the second family, we ask you to forgive us of that. And we, la verdad es la viña va a ser más real con ustedes y no ustedes siendo como los gringos que quedan latinos y traer la salsa latina a la viña y este este sabor poner poquito más sabor a la viña cambio okay and what i said is we don't want you to bring and become the flavor of the anglo vineyard we would ask our latino brothers much as we've been in the discussion with our african Amer american brothers and sisters that you you would not become like us but, but actually what you would do is bring your flavor, bring your culture, bring your sauce, and put a little bit of that sauce on the rest of us <laughs> in this whole thing. And, and it's the same, uh, it was the same this summer at the regional conference on the West Coast where the host church was a Mandarin Chinese church. 
It was a Chinese church. The whole staff, Chinese. The, the hospitality was like another orbit, like I had never seen before. The, uh, I actually took a picture because, you know, usually, I mean, because in the vineyard we don't have this clergy laity thing, and, you know, so you, you, we don't, you know, do this big hoorah with pastors and everything, but a little bit different in the Asian community because I actually was given my own parking spot at the conference. I wish I'd seen it at the beginning. I didn't see it till the end. <laughs> I think I parked like 13 blocks away and then come to find out I had a parking spot. I said my name, and it was for the first time. I've been doing this for 43 years. It was the first time I ever saw my name where it said Reverend Joe Strout. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> but I have to confess, I did park there the last night. But they, they, were, they were amazing, and they're... This Chinese church, it's, vine, it's Harvest Vineyard Church, yeah. they are now, they are taking the, the older generation, Mandarin Chinese, and then younger generation, Mandarin Chinese, but with English, and they're sort of now, they know they're in a transition in the way they're managing it, and it's just like, this is amazing, the mixture of this. So we've got generation, uh, gender, uh, language. You know, the last global thing we did, we had to do, we did worship in nine, was it nine languages, ten languages over the, over the conference? Not just a token song. I mean, it was in those languages. I like singing in Swahili. Do you remember Okiwa Baba? I mean, that was like. Or something like that. <laughs> Anybody know exactly what that song was? Wasn't it Hokey Woe Baba? Pokemon? Something. It was awesome. What was it? Pokey Ash Sofa. Ooh Baba. Ooh Baba. I loved it. And then singing in Nepalese. Remember Noel Isaac singing, you know, over on the other side, and can't make that stuff up, folks. It's going on in the vineyard. When I, when Jan and I were preparing uh, for ministry, we were, you know, in, in Bible school, and we, we went to a mission school in the Northeast that that had just has sent uh, men and women all over the globe for for, the, for these last 40, 50 years. Our whole mindset was to go to the ends of the earth. And the, the, the men and women that we went through school with, we, I mean, you know, we, we, Jan and I were married. We had two babies. So I worked full-time, studied full-time. But our, our, our passion was towards the nations. And all of my, my classmates were, like, you know, praying and learning Chinese. And, and these guys were, this was before, I date myself, this was before the fall of the Iron Curtain. So I, classmates who were basically sneaking into uh, the Eastern Bloc of, of Europe and into Russia uh, and, and starting Bible schools right under the nose of communist governments. And, and w w it's, a, it was an am it's an amazing group of men and women. But here's the gig. All of those places that we were trained, languages, with missiology, linguistic skills, all of that, now all of those nations now live in all of our cities right here. 
And it's like, okay. Every tribe, tongue, and nation, Jesus says, when's the, when, when, when the whole gospel has been preached to every nation, then the end shall come. Well, they're all around, the world is around us. So we're embracing it. It's a, it's a wonderful thing. And, and I think the vineyard is postured in a very position in a very, very, very good place because we're embracing that. We're not running from it. We're embracing it. We're not running from it. We're not wishing like it was 30 years ago. We're glad it's not like it was 40 years ago. It is what it is today. And we've got a lot more hurdles to go. But I think we can do this. If we'll stay sensitive, wise, grow. Now, here's, here's my pitch. Now, just if you'll give me three minutes, it's going to get a little rough. Give me three minutes. You and I do not get to mess around with the message of the gospel. Okay? You're not going to outsmart the Bible. So I would plead with the vineyard to really understand what do you actually believe? What, are, what do the scriptures say? And discipleship without a real solid hook in the ancient scriptures. Let the scriptures work for themselves. Don't make the scriptures bend to culture. Let culture bend to the scriptures. Now, methodology, do what you may. Take, take an ancient message that is not ours. What the Lord said is you get to, you get to pick and choose your methodologies, how you, how you want to do EDLD. As long as we're doing EDLD, you won't hear much of a whoop from me. I don't care. I don't care. Well, I care. I'm making a point. I don't care what your methodology of evangelism is. But if you never preach the good news, if you have no way of connecting with those who are outside of faith, it's never on your radar screen, then I don't even, what are we even doing? And then those that, those that do come, we disciple. And one of the areas of discipling is discipling them in the creed. Now, we're not a creedal. We don't all believe everything the same. We understand that. It's one of those things I cannot wait to have a little chat with Mr. Wimber, why he ever said such a thing. Uh, we're not a creedal uh, movement. Well, yeah, well, that's a little bit true, but it's not all true. We do, we do have sort of have a creed. We have things we believe about the Bible. Just shake your head yes so we don't have to get, go down too far down that rabbit trail. And you and I are going to constantly be fighting for the reality of the word and high view, not low view, of the ancient scriptures. Jude 3 says, Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt the necessity to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith. You guys know that passage. Which was once for all handed down to the saints. That's a powerful verse. Now, that, and, and it's not a light verse. It means I felt it. He says, I wanted to write one thing, but as I was about to write this, I felt the urge. I felt it was a necessity. I was moved by the Holy Spirit to write to you because I think you're going to have to contend for the faith. Every generation is going to have to come to grips with this. So I would just say, there's a lot, a lot more I was going to say, but I'm going to just just put it out here in this way. Uh, the Bible. 
What do we believe? Where's this conversation going about the Bible? We talk about main and plain. One of the main and plains for the vineyard has always been, what do the scriptures say? The day we leave that, and I, the scriptures say what I want them to say, or the scriptures say what the present receptivity level will allow it to say, where's that going? Words are, you know, I mean, here's the fancy words, inspired, infallible, inerrant, verbal plenary, high view, low view, out of date, irrelevant, suggestive, instructive, but not authoritative. Where did I take, I've taken that all out of articles on, on the Bible that I just keep collecting them as I read blogs, as I listen to blogs, as I read, and I'm saying some of this stuff is scary. It would be Mike, I would contend that if there is levity in the vineyard, in any vineyard church, if there is levity in the word of God, then there will be an absence of any compelling narrative as to why you're even doing what you're doing. High view of the scriptures. A compelling message of the gospel. I love the gospel. I even like the word. I like saying gospel. <laughs> the incarnation, the life, the teaching, the cross, the passion, the human destiny, the resurrection, the forgiveness, the consummation of all things, the new creation, all of this finds its root in the faith. We didn't make any of this up. So I would invite you to dig in a little bit about what you believe about the scriptures, about their authority, now, this is a long, this can be a long conversation, it can be a short one, it, it doesn't matter, but no roots, core, foundation. If there's no roots, no core, no foundation here, I, I just feel there's, a, there's lacking of anything compelling to call somebody to. Um, are, you, are, you, are you following me at all? Not you guys, I know you are. The, uh, uh, do, do I have under culture, and it says do, because I think I might have just, is there, a, is there another, is, what's the next one? I just don't know. This is what I, this I love. I love. <laughs> now, th these, these, this, this is Jesuit. This is, this is, this, this is how Pedro Arrupe, who was the Secretary General of the Jesuits in the 60s and 70s, and, and, and through history, but he, he really hammered away on, well, I'm going to give you a feedback on it. Uh, but where the world meets the church and the church meets the world, that's your job. If I could look every pastor right in the eye right now, you want a mission in life? That's your mission in life. Tell the world what the church is and tell the church what the world is. And bring those two things together. That's a mindset right there. You're going to have to interpret the world to your church because there's so much fear-mongering that, you know, the church will isolate because they see the world in an oogie-boogie way. 
in the world just thinks you're crazy, so you're going to have to represent, you're going to have to help the world understand that the church actually isn't crazy. It's a, it's a, uh, this discipleship thing, character, creed, and culture. You're a cultural engineer. You've got a big opportunity. We interpret the world to the church and the church to the world. Now, what's this take? How do we, how do we disciple time, energy, and money? I, I, I did a little bit of uh, just looking at this, and I tried to think of how, how, how does this work in my own life? Who are the folks that actually discipled and mentored me? And I started writing down a few things, and I'll just, like, my, my, my mother-in-law's coffee table, her, her table at her house always, always was open to teenagers. I came to Christ when I was 16. I was a druggy, dumb little kid, like, what did you say, Rob? No brains, no brain development, or something you said about a high school boy. Frontal lobe is now fully formed, and I had a PhD in that lack of frontal lobe development. Uh, but I came to Christ, and this woman, you know, middle-aged, frumpy woman, uh, uh, <laughs> no, no, but you know what I mean. That, that, that didn't come out right. She, no, 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 no. What I mean by that is that <laughs> no, she, she wasn't cool. She didn't, she didn't try to be cool. She didn't try to appeal to us long-haired hippies. This is early 70s. So she was just a middle-aged mom. How's that backtracking? <laughs> now, she was an amazing woman, but she didn't try to impress us that she was actually one of us because she wasn't. She was a lot older than us. But what she did is she talked to us about Jesus all the time. And her table... She always had a, a, you know, a few dozen chocolate chip cookies in, uh, on the table. There was always coffee, and we would spend hours and hours because for years we were we were, we were out partying and doing drugs, and now we're not we're not going to do that anymore. So what are we going to do? She just taught us the Bible. We spent hours and hours and hours and hours around that table. The guy who led me to Christ invited me to come live at the mission headquarters in Franklin, Pennsylvania. And this guy, did he had done his undergraduate work at Penn State University and did his graduate work at, at Princeton. He was brilliant. He had most of the New Testament to memory. Um, he did his devotions in Greek. And I, I got to spend two and a half hours with him every morning for a year. And we just read through the New Testament. He, we literally walked through the New Testament verse by verse by verse by verse. His name was Earl Tiger. I had uh, a pastor at one point, he like calls me every two or three nights. He'd just call on the phone and, and he would say, hey, you know, hey, we were out, you know, out doing evangelism and led three people to Christ. And then it would be silence. But he did that. He did it day, uh, week after week after week, just investing his time in me. I had a guy, while I was in Bible school, there was a guy, I didn't understand it, he was an incredible teacher, um, probably more in the lines of a dean of students, but he and I started playing tennis uh, late nights on Thursday, and we did for almost two years. Every Thursday night, late, 
Thursday night, we'd go play tennis, and he just poured into me. Then I realized, these guys put a lot of time into me. And I was a project. I mean, they, <laughs> I was a project. But it took them a lot of time. And then I think of the men and women over these 40 years that I've discipled and mentored in these areas of character, creed, um, and, and, and culture, and it's just been an inordinate amount of time. But it, 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 it's what it takes. We learned uh, from people who did it to us. We did, turned around and gave it energy. Uh, spending time with the folks that we're discipling and mentoring took time, a lot of energy, listening, asking questions, early mornings, late night, etc. So you're going to spend time, energy, and money to those that you're going to disciple. Men and women at Janot, we, we, last year when we took a sabbatical, we, we did a month of reflection, and we took the entire month of October last year, and we did not think about the future. We were only thinking about how did we get, how did these 42 years unfold? And Jan is a prolific journalist, so we had, she had her journals starting from 1974. So we went back and we spent 30 days. Not everybody gets this type of opportunity, and I understand that. I'm just saying we got the opportunity. And for those 30 days, we reviewed everything that had happened to us over the 42 years. And we came away with a gratefulness, a gratitude of how many people had poured so much into us. And we realized we were discipled, we were mentored, and it cost them time, energy, and money. And then we did a review of our own life, and we realized the men and women that we've had the privilege of, of leading to Christ and discipling and training for ministry and releasing to ministry, and now we nurture in ministry. It's cost us an inordinate amount of time, energy, and money, and we wouldn't, we wouldn't trade that for the world. Okay, so the vineyard has a future. We're going to have to disciple. I'd like to say a lot more about the, the, the whole issue of, of the scriptures because you know, and somebody can say, well, Phil, what about discipling in spirit ministry? Well, yeah, but where do you understand spirit ministry from? The scriptures. And you say, well, aren't you going to disciple in prayer? Well, yeah, but how do we know about prayer? The scriptures. Okay? What do the scriptures say? So how about this? Let's just say, let's just pretend we have one great big happy flow. And, and would we do this? Would we just make a commitment for long haul to stick with this? Because I think the vineyard has been invited into a journey in these days to be a relevant church in a very confused time in our, the history of our country. And a very opportune. I am so glad I didn't live 50, 60, 70, 80 years ago as far as in, in ministry. I'm glad I didn't live in the time of John Wesley. Why would I want to live in the time of John Wesley? It, 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 you know what I'm saying? I, I, tomorrow, I, I'm going back to Maine. If I was John Wesley, I wouldn't get home for two and a half months. <laughs> I'll be home tomorrow by the late evening news. 
<laughs> Green Lake will be a distant memory. No, we don't. Why, why would we have nostalgia for another day? This is the day. We need our own stories. We need our own battles. We're going to offend one another. So we're going to have to learn to forgive one another. We're going to have to, we're going to, have to stick this out. So I thought if we could do this, because uh, tomorrow Rob can do whatever he wants. But I just thought, while we have the opportunity with, 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 with uh, Lavinia here, present, and that you would uh, continue depositing in the vineyard, helping us understand. So what, I, what I'd like us to do tonight is, uh, if you would allow us, I would like us just to minister to Lavinia tonight. Would, can you guys do that? Are you all, you all in? You all in? Or as Cheryl would say, all y'all in? All y'all in? Uh, I see you. Entonces, hermanos, lo que me gustaría terminar mi parte de esta noche es tener todos ustedes que son parte de la viña, que vengan adelante y deje este grupo orar, ministrar, amar, conocer, abrazar y robar. Me gustaría que ellos ministren y que estamos en una intersección ahora, eh, pero vamos a seguir adelante como hemos conversado hoy día, pero yo creo que es un, una noche muy apropiada de, de conversar, eh, de ministrar y abrazar. ¿Estamos en esto juntos? ¿Está bien? Con su permiso. Eh, ¿Estamos bien, Jerry? Yeah. ¿Vale? Okay, what I just said is we, I just think tonight we're just going to minister to our friends from Lavinia. And uh, so I'm, eh, voy a invitarles que pasa todos ustedes que son parte de las viñas, pasa adelante y deje el, el, la familia ministrar. Eh, eh, Jerry, eh, que, quizá, yo quiero que ustedes están abajo. Yeah, venga abajo. Entonces, Justin, ¿es Justin here tonight? Could I see Justin? Somebody else? Anybody else? Asa. Asa, which way? Ted Williams, KG, somebody. Uh, if we could maybe, Asa, you want, can you pick up that guitar or something? Can you, you want to do that? All right, good. Uh, no, 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 uh, uh, no th this is, this is too evangelical. Come, let's just get a circle <laughs> over here. That's so vineyard. Let's get, vamos a hacer un círculo acá. Ven, 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 pasa. No, 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 just go home. Aquí, aquí. Uno, right there. Eso, eso. Deja, ven, los brazos. No, 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 ya. Ya, 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 ya. Hold off just for a second here. So in this group, we have folks from different nations. Um, we have a budding group of Brazilians meeting in one of the vineyard churches. They started with four. They got like 25, 30 of them now. And these, uh, these are amazing people. So I'd, I'd like you guys to come up. Let's get around them. And Holy Spirit, we welcome you to give us 
prophetic words, pictures. Let people get in the middle. Deja la gente ministrar. Entonces, no abrazan. Deja la gente ministrar. So that's all the instruction you need, guys. I think it blessed them. And um, tonight, it, you know how sometimes it's not always your birthday? So tonight, it's nobody else's birthday. It's their birthday. So tonight, this is all about them. So go ahead. Get in the middle of them. Elbow your way in. And uh, minister to them. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing. Holy Spirit. Minister in power, fill with your spirit, your presence. Heal, Father. Break, Father, in any way they felt betrayed, any way they have felt in, they live in fear. Father, we pray for your presence to come. Do that which only your Holy Spirit can do, Father. Things we don't, we don't even know what's going on inside, Lord. But we know, Father, that you have sent this part of the family to enrich the vineyard here in the Midwest North. We receive from them, we bless them. you pray for somebody maybe you'd move on and let somebody else get in closer to the circle uh, so they get prayer from several different people
Try. 
唱。